piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of red pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. What's up, film fans? Welcome to another new episode. Welcome to episode 258. Welcome to Knock at the Cabin, and welcome to the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Juan, and I am joined by Zach. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Everyone having a good week so far? Thanks for tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you're watching or listening from. Um, Hopefully you're watching us on Facebook Live, or you can watch us on Emo Sawa Productions' YouTube channel. Um, today we are talking the 2023 M. Night Shyamalan film, Knock at the Cabin. Um, Zach, we also have a new top five, and we're going to talk into some recent watches. Um, how's your week been? You have a good weekend? Good weekend. Uh, well, it was okay weekend, just dealing with some health issues. And overall, this week has went by fast, like surprisingly fast. So what about you? Uh, it's been going by pretty quick, pretty fast. Um Still, still the same. Dealing with some, some, you know, knockdown, drag out. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Injuries, bologna and cheese. Bologna and cheese. Um, but you know what? I still am here every day talking to you, beautiful people. Zach, I like that pink shirt, by the way. Thank you. It's actually red. The can't really see it, but it's actually a red shirt. So. You should have just rolled with the pink, man. Should have just rolled with the pink. No, um, we got to disrupt all disrupt everything that tries to flow. Is it that bad? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, if you if you guys have not been with us lately or if you've been hiding under a rock, don't forget um, this episode, just like all the other episodes, are always brought to you by San Marcos Mexican Restaurants located right here at 2301 Southwest 59th Street in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Give them a call for a to-go order at 405-685-7773. Um, you can dine in or carry out. Um, it's the best Mexican food in the metro area with even better customer service. Let them know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you and get 10% off your entire purchase. Because um, that, that's what we do here. We make sure people get to go home with some food in their bellies and hopefully put on something to watch. Um, social and media discount. And get a discount. Um, social media, though, you guys can check us out with the Summer in Giveaway, which does include a San Marcos uh, food gift certificate up to $50. Um, $50 is a lot of food. Feeds, feeds you and somebody else. Um, find us on the social medias, facebook.com forward slash The Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, The Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Um, find us on X at cinnamon405 or the email just send us an email c-i-n-e-n-e-n-921 at gmail.com there you can find all the links to um anything you want episodes past episodes future episodes giveaways all the social medias you can even find the links and pages to our great sponsors um but Let's get into some recent watches. Zach, do you have anything you want to recommend to anybody or uh, something that maybe might have slipped somebody's mind on what we should be watching? 
um no it was a light week <clears throat> light weekend um <clears throat> watch next week's episode 20 days later and then finishing out the month of august public enemies <sighs> so excited for that <laughs> and then um <laughs> and then um i did go check out uh, the last voyage of the demeter overall a I'm solid saw that yesterday yeah o- overall a solid good horror movie um <clears throat> good performances, good kills. The gore factor was actually really high in this one. Um, <clears throat> overall, I give it a seven. I think the, the the biggest thing going against it is the pacing. It's an hour. It's a two hour movie, but it feels like two and a half hours, honestly. Oof. So, but other than that, I mean, it was. I'll be honest; it didn't scare me at all anywhere during the movie. In overall, if you. If you had to summarize it, it's alien on a boat. That's essentially what it is. Um, but like I said, it was it was an enjoyable movie, but I, I just was the patient pacing of it was better. So um, seven out of if, ten for that. If you guys are just now tuning in, if you've been following on the social medias, you're also going to win a digital copy of Knock at the Cabin. Um, just keep watching, and I'll throw up the little code that you guys can uh, redeem. You know, whoever whoever finds it and redeems it first, it's yours. Um, I would like for you to send us a comment or a message, though, and let us know that you redeemed it. Um, <clears throat> Recent Watches was pretty fun for me this week. Craig told me to watch the uh, documentary on Johnny Menzel, the untold football story on Netflix. Watched it. He's not even here to discuss it. So I'll talk to him about it next week, probably. Um, Fast 10. You know, you watched it in the theater. We almost did an episode about it. I thought it was kind of enjoyable. It wasn't as crazy and outlandish as as nine. Um, I thought yeah. it was a, it was a decent watch. Um, Remember me, American Beauty, Stuber, Thief, Booksmart, Were the Millers, Angriest Man in Brooklyn. Um, I would say I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but I would say I think Fast Ten is a is worth a watch. If you guys are in the you know the Fast and the Furious franchise, if you enjoy those movies, um, this one felt I, a little bit more grounded. Actually, I think that's about to drop on Peacock not not too long from now, maybe at the end of the month. So, <clears throat> so, but yeah, that's that's what I would uh would recommend. And then you know, I've, it's the first time I've watched Remember Me with Robert Pattinson, and it was a really good watch. I don't know if that's yeah. streaming anywhere, but have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. It's it's a pretty good movie. Um, so before we get into the top five, I'll be giving away that digital code. But uh, today we're talking our top five movies featuring a WWE guy. Since we're talking Knock at the Cabin, I figure there's not too many movies out there that have somebody in there, is it? Uh, I think it'll be a fun top five to talk about, so... That's what we will uh, talk about as soon as we get back. All right. Um, 
still waiting just a little bit to give away that digital code. Um, so before we get into it, though, let's, uh, you know, I got to build the anticipation. I can't just get on here, say my highs and buys, and then just give it away. What kind of what kind of cheap hooker would I be if I just showed up and gave it away just like that? Um, I have a few honorable mentions. I'll just run through them real quick. Legendary with John Cena, The Condemned with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and Stuber with Batista. You have any honorable mentions? <clears throat> I just have one. Uh, uh, See No Evil with Kane, the horror movie from like 2006. So it's been a while. I haven't seen it in years, but that's like one of the first ones that came to mind. But it was, I, it was like one I of the said, first few ones that it. came out. Um, that was just one of the ones that just when you say WWE star, that was like just one that popped right in my head. But I hadn't seen it in a while, so it just gets bumped down to an honorable mention. So me and uh, me and Nick talked about it a few, last year or the year before on right here on this YouTube channel on uh, Emisawa Productions. So go back and uh, listen to that or watch it in the archives. It was a pretty good pretty good watch. Um, <clears throat> my number five, I will start off. It is the Marine. From 2006 with John Cena. It got horrible reviews. Um, I didn't think it was that bad. It also stars Robert Patrick. Um, who, if you do not know who he is, he was the Liquid Steel guy from Terminator 2. Um, other, other than that, yeah, it, it got horrible reviews. But to me, like that was one of the first ones that came out. Um, it was under the WWE Films production, which they produced some pretty <clears throat> pretty crappy movies back in the day but this one stuck out to me fun maybe um it's only an hour and a half and i think it's streaming on hulu so go check it out the marine for most six what do you have at number five uh number five for me is going to be a war movie called the wall from 2017 with uh, aaron taylor johnson and uh, john cena Yep. Uh, two American soldiers are trapped by a lethal sniper with only an unsteady wall between them. Man, from what I remember, this movie was so atmospheric. You didn't know what was going to happen, how everything was going to go down, and by the end of it, you're just kind of like, wow, that was really well done, really well acted. Um, <clears throat> it gives you more appreciation for our, uh, veter our veterans and soldiers who go over there and you know risk their lives to protect what we love and hold dear to us as Americans. Um, just overall a really good movie and surprised that it was directed by Doug Lyman, who did the first born identity, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, I think, with Tom Cruise. So just really well done. And it's sad that not a lot of people know about that movie. So uh, number five is The Wall. Yep. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty unique movie too it's almost like a it's pretty much just them two stuck in like an area for like most of the movie right yeah yeah uh number four for me is also from 2006 uh gridiron gang with the rock hmm. um it also stars exhibit and kevin dunn um it's about sean porter dwayne the rock johnson's character pretty much uh is the uh, what do you call not athletic director, but he's like, um, he's an athletic counselor for the teenagers at this juvenile facility. Um, 
pretty pretty solid flick um and it was one of his earlier films and he still gets a lot of praise for it today so gridiron gang from 06 is number four for me so what about you uh number four <clears throat> mine's gonna be uh the updated version of the suicide suicide squad with john cena Peter Selva, Margot Robbie, Stallone, Joel Kinnaman, directed by James Gunn. I wasn't on that episode. I think I had COVID during that time, but just a much better version than the 2016. Um, it it does everything that John that James Gunn knows how to do. takes takes a bunch of nutty characters and puts them on an adventure. Um, <clears throat> really well acted. Uh, John Cena was so good. He got the Peacemaker series on HBO. So. I think it got renewed for a second season. I'm not for sure. That's but... probably before the whole James. <clears throat> is he part of the reboot? Do you know? Yeah. The, the, the Peacemaker, he is going to be part of this new world? I, I think so, yeah. Because <clears throat> I think the Peacemaker series was a huge success on HBO that they want to continue it. Um, but he's definitely awesome as Peacemaker. He vibes with... Uh, the rest of the crew, the rest of the actors, especially Idris Elba, especially by the end of the movie. Um, just a really, really fun what the Suicide Squad should be, like Guardians, essentially. So that's my number four. Oh. Three, we're going to talk about it. Too. Knock at the Cabin, number three for me. Okay. okay. Uh, number three for me, the other James Gunn movie, Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, Batista. Uh you could really make an argument that might be the best Marvel movie, the first one at least. Um, great, great characters, great soundtrack, great story. Um, what it's essentially, you know, looking back in the Marvel phase that we're in now, that's the ones that I miss. Just the good, into little solid stories that don't really have a big connection to the old overarching universe, but. You can still have fun with them, and you don't have to see like fifteen episodes of a TV show to understand it. So, <clears throat> uh, number two for me, um, there's like just a glimpse of a former WWE guy in this movie at the very end. So take it with a grain of salt, but I think it has to be mentioned. Um, the Wrestler, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Um, it has Ron the Truth killings in it, which is uh, R-Truth, currently still with the WWE, um, and Ernest the Cat Miller. But I thought this movie should be on the list somewhere just because of how almost near perfect this movie is. Uh, Mickey Wart, Marissa Tomei. Um, I still don't know how we went like almost six years and have not yet talked about this movie. Um, and the director is just... Just flawless. Do you think he has a bad film? Darren, Darren, Darren Aronofsky is like the original A24 because his movies are so different, so unique. <clears throat> we we I just talked about the well. Mother, Mother like a few weeks ago. Yeah, and we talked the well earlier this year. So it's... I have to be in the right mindset to watch his movies, but I appreciate what he does as a filmmaker. So... But uh, but yeah, that's number two for me. I mean, I don't think you can have, you know, a list like this and not even think about this movie. Um, mm -hmm. have you have you seen this act? Yeah, it's been forever, but yeah, I've seen it. Um, it's not streaming anywhere. You can rent it on Amazon Prime for like two ninety nine. But 
Uh, number two for me is The Wrestler. What about you, Zach? What's number two for you? Uh, my number two is going to be, uh, I think I had it as my, as my favorite Dwayne Johnson movie, San Andreas, uh, 2015, big disaster movie where he has got to go save his daughter in the middle of San Andreas after a huge earthquake. That's all you need. That's all I care about. You just want to see destruction all over the place and it delivers. And I, The Rock is actually good in that movie. He's, you know, it's one of his better performances and it's just, it's an hour and 54 minutes, round that up to two hours. It, it flies by. It really does. Cause you get invested in the rescue mission. So that also has Nev Campbell in it, right? No. Which one is that? Are you sure? Pretty sure. I don't think she's in that. She's in a Could movie with The Rock. I'll look it up. Go, what, what's your number one? Uh, I forgot what movie she's in with The Rock. Skyscraper. Skyscraper. Now you see how easy it is to get those two confused. Oh God! Um, number one for me, it's it's pretty simple. It's easy. Um, Longest Yard. There's like a dozen of them in there. Kevin Nash, Goldberg, uh, Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin. There's also this one guy in the movie, Adam Sandler. I can't remember what else he's done. Um, I don't know. I've never heard of never heard of him before. You know, Little Nicky got a Blu-ray release this week, Zach. I saw that. I was just like, oh Jesus, <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> That's one of the last few that he needed to. There now he's got most mostly all his movies are on high definition. Um, but yeah, I think I just rewatched The Longest Yard two just like a few weeks ago, and I forget it. It's two hours and five minutes, but it's funny. Um, it's got some heartfelt moments with the Chris Rock character. Um, it's, you know, it's it's just funny, and it's it's Adam Sandler at his best. Probably the golden years of Adam Sandler. I also saw that there was a Hotel Transylvania 4 that just got released on Blu-ray. And I didn't even know there was a fourth one. I think that was Amazon Prime only for the longest time. I think so, yeah. But yeah. Um, you know, And he's still putting out movies. He's got a Netflix original movie that comes out on August 25th later this month. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see that one. You know, But that's, uh, that's my, my number one, The Longest Yard. What about you? Uh, my number one is actually about a w the life of a WWE star fighting with my family. Uh, pa about Paige. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Played by played by Florence Pugh. Dwayne Johnson's in it, which ironically he probably should be the age the age a little bit when this when this movie took place. But this this is a great freaking movie. Like I was shocked at how good it was. Um, I think it was the first time I like that was. In the same year, Florence Pugh had this, Midsummer Little Women. So this was kind of her coming out party, I would say. Uh, she's excellent in this. And I would not, I mean, I would like to do that as an episode maybe one day because that's it's really well done. Willie really Well Acted really? has some great moments. Yeah. I'm, I, I, knew you I knew you liked that movie, and I didn't know you liked it that much. That was, I mean, that was the first thing I thought of, but like, I really didn't think that qualified because there's other than Dwayne Johnson. I don't know if it would really qualify, but I mean, it, it is about a WWE star. So, yeah. I mean, you know, no, no, for sure. I, uh, I, and you know what, sitting here doing my list, I just completely forgot about that one or else I would have added it too. Um, yeah. That was pretty fun. If you guys want to play along, send us in some emails and we'll read some next week. 
um, your top five movies featuring a WWE star. Um, but I won't let you guys wait no longer. Um, for all you who have tuned in and anybody who wants it, here it is. A free digital copy code of Knock at the Cabin. We'll leave it up there for just a minute. Write it down, Johnny. Yeah. Um, so it's up there. You're pausing it. So what do you what, what, what people you know get time to chop this down or whatever? Zach, you uh, are you looking forward to anything coming up this weekend? Yeah, you know I'm gonna go try. I'm gonna go check out Blue Beetle. Honestly, like Regal gave me like a free IMAX ticket to see it. So I'm just like, okay. Oh, nice. It's gotten pretty good. Rev- it's gotten pretty good reviews. So a lot of people say it's better than the Flash. So <laughs> that's very very unexpected. So I'll definitely I'll give my two cents about that next week. What about you? Um, I think I'm going to go see Demeter this weekend, maybe Blue Beetle. Um, you know, it just depends on, on, on what all goes down. Um, other than that, there's been some fun home media releases that I'm checking out this weekend. Asteroid City, even though I know it's available on the Peacock. Um, nice. It's also available out that I picked up. There's also a few others I'm going to pick up. I think I'm going to watch The Machine. Um <clears throat> Uh, the Flash comes out in a few weeks. You know that's one that I still have not yet to see. Um, yeah, and I'm just I'm curious about know, what your thought about that is. I'm just disappointed. I, I think I, it's one of those movies that I'm going to want to like, but because I know that's the end and there's nothing else happening with that story or with those characters, I think I'm going to just be disappointed. Yeah. So. Yeah, and coming in, I think coming in at the beginning of the year, I think that was your was that your hot, most anticipated. Yeah, that was that was number one. That was my most anticipated. Um, I'm also upset that you know Warner Brothers and everybody came out and said that uh, Gal Gadot is not going to uh, come back as Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. So oh, we we have somebody who claimed it from Facebook Live. Nice. So, awesome. Jason, uh, Joseph. I'm sorry, Joseph Brum Brumleaf. Congratulations. So. We have a claimer. That's pretty fun, yeah? Yeah, that was cool. So you tune in, watch Zach win something for free. Uh, next week, if we can get, if we can ever get Edward on the show, you know what? He's supposed to be giving away a double Whopper coupon meal, but he, <laughs> he, he's. He's just maybe he had to go find one. It's just hard to get on this show, and you know, but he, he promised us a double whopper coupon deal. Guys, <laughs> if you want to tune in next week, you know, we'll even let, I actually we'll, got one. I'm not even joking, I got one sitting on the kitchen counter right now. I can run in there and get it. There you go. So, <laughs> if, if Edward, I know Edward will join us one day, but we need that double whopper coupon meal, Edward, if you could somehow help us out. Um, but today we are uh, talking about Knock at the Cabin. Uh, I, it's hard to believe this movie came out all the way back in February. Um, but that is what we're talking about today. Um, currently on IMDb at a six at a six point one. Rotten Tomatoes is at sixty seven percent. The Metascore is at sixty three percent. The Google users only liked it at sixty one percent. Um, 
came out February 3rd, 2023 this year with a budget of $20 million. It grossed a little over $55 million at the box office based off of the novel novel Cabin at the End of the World. While vacationing, a little girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. Starring Dave Bautista, Jonathan Grofe, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Bird, Rupert Grant, Abby Quinn, Kristen Q, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, Zach, you know the you know the the details. Um, mm-hmm. First time versus now, you got to see this in the theater. What was it like in the theater, and uh, what was it like for the rewatch? Yeah, you know, I think. I don't know if we did a top five of 2023, just movies for the whole year, but this, if we had done that in January, I'm sure that would have been like maybe five, maybe an honorable mention because I was, the trailer set this up to be like a really cool experience. Um, when salt in the theater and overall, there was a part of me that I was just, I was disappointed by it. Um, we can get into it, but Oh, I mean, on this, this viewing, I have, similar complaints but i thought the viewing of it was better than the first time so i was i was kind of the opposite i was i didn't see this in the theater i checked it out on the home premiere of of the peacock before i picked it up on home video um i'm i was really worried that this was going to be too too m night Shyamalan. i thought it was going to be filled with head scratchers and just a big twist at the end um, but I, I probably went in with low expectations and I've seen this movie now three times and I still enjoy it every time after since the first watch. Okay. Uh, there's, there's definitely some nitpicks I have about this movie. It's not perfect, but I do think it's probably the better movie he's done in the last, I think this is his best movie since, uh, split. Probably split. Yeah. Yeah. So, because he had old old was okay i was very disappointed in glass and split well glass was 2019 split was 2016 and then the visit was before split so yeah yeah definitely the best one since split at least so um so let's kind of get into it let's talk about it some gripes some nitpicks um you know you have the opening uh batista meets win uh leonard Mm -hmm. is batista so leonard meets win i thought the from the beginning the movie started until the end i thought leonard dave batista was the best part of the movie he really yeah. really shocked me um with how just gentle but yet how creepy and eerie he was um you know and he is that kind of like the actor that character even in the ring super super calm but yeah, he can just blow up in the in the matter of a hat, whether he's on the on the mic doing a promo or whether he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's a really solid actor, and, and I think this is one of his best performances. Yeah, I would agree. I the I think the um his performance is definitely I think it's the best performance of the movie by far, obviously. Um everything you just said, he has a very he has a, a very good combination of a collect collected demeanor, but also could just 
crack on a certain on a certain note. Um, the other, I'd say the other um, highs about this movie, the cinematography. I thought this movie was shot really, really well. I I I really appreciate Shaman's ability to have just real up close, just hold on people's faces or actors' faces, the characters. And then you just get all their um, their wants, desires, what they how they feel in those certain moments, especially between Wynn and Leonard, how it's just kind of going back and forth, how Wynn is very much like a very steeled frame and Leonard is just like off kilter a little bit. I thought that was kind of a really well good choice. And the sound design, the sound design was really good. Like when he, when Leonard's walking and you can hear like the boots on the gravel, I thought was really well done. Um, and I, I thought the two, the actors who played the dads, Jonathan Groff and Bill Aldridge, were really good. I liked the the subtle divide between them as the movie keeps going, the, the, the crack between them as they go farther and farther into the movie. One is definitely, um, he knows his beliefs, but the other one is really starting to question it. And you don't really know if him hitting, hitting his head is doing it, or he really did see something like in the mirror, like he saw like a flash of what's going to happen or whatever. Um, so yeah, like those are definitely the, the, the positives of the movie, in my opinion. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. Some, some big positive, like you said, I think it was shot on location at an actual like outdoors cabin. Um, mm -hmm. so you can tell the shots were, were unique, were, um, organic is a word that we haven't got to use a lot. Um, so the, sh the shots were organic. I didn't mind the two dads thing and I did, I really did enjoy to like you said diverse feelings of one believes that it's happening one's kind of starting to question it um but the actor who played uh andrew and he really and i think it's just maybe he was playing his his you know character just that good but he was yeah. probably he was probably my nitpick in the movie Oh, really? um, and, I, and, I, and I think it's just the way he, his character was written about him being just, you know, um, short, he had a, you know, short fuse. Um, mm -hmm. He just wasn't looking to get, you know, it was his way or no way. And it kind of showed in some of the flashback scenes as well, like the bar fight scene. Well, and it's also, he had, he had, which I appreciated at certain points, he had an answer for everything. Oh, you see that at the bottom? That was a recording. Oh, you're talking you're talking about the the tsunami? That was like three weeks ago. Like why like you can't bring all this stuff in and tell me that's that's what's happening. You know. Um the flashbacks, <clears throat> Shyamalan has a I've noticed in his movies, he has a tendency to show character moments told through fast flashback in order to tell why they are the way they are in the present. These flashbacks, I think they do work. I think I think we get maybe one too many of them. I, I think that I understand that they have to show how they got win in their lives and that makes sense. I don't think they should show the ones with the parents. Yeah. I mean we we you could get that, you know, maybe one of the parents was not okay with it okay with their relationship you know? but but why show that because i mean what's the what's the whole what's the reward for showing that scene because i can tell you now when this movie was released even look at some of the comments now you know 
M. Night Shyamalan was kind of thrown under scrutiny for why do you have to put two, you know, um, uh, why do you have to put two uh, uh, gay couple through this horrific scene? Was it like that in the book? If it wasn't like that in the book, why do you have to do it for the movie? You know, right. Um, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I was sitting here kind of thinking about it. Because I don't know about I, the book. I, I don't either, because I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to read it before the movie. Um, I kind of get why he did it, because if the, the family, if the if their family wasn't going to accept them for who they are, you can kind of get why when they're quote unquote chosen that maybe this is uh, their prejudice or their stereotype, their stereotypes, or they were chosen because of their, uh, their relationship. And it ties into Rupert Grint's character of he was the one that attacked Andrew at the bar. And that comes back into play later. So even though it wasn't his, you know, even though his face wasn't shown in the bar scene, you do think it was him. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, Rupert Grant has clearly like red hair, and that character had like red beard, red hair, everything. It was just like let's talk. The about only thing Go ahead. I would say, Rupert Grant is he's only in the movie for about maybe ten minutes, ten fifteen minutes. But he's I mean, you could head. clearly tell. Yeah, you could clearly tell that he's British because like his British accent kind of came in and out with his American like. I've seen movies with Daniel Radcliffe and Emma Watson, and they they really do have clear cut American accents, and it works. Him, not so well. I haven't seen the Shyamalan show um, that's on Apple TV. I haven't seen that. I've heard good things. Servant, I haven't I haven't heard I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. He's on there, but on this one, he wasn't bad. It's just you could tell that he needed some work with the American accent, so. Uh, let's talk about the, the guys who were in this movie. So, obviously, you got Leonard, played by Dave Batista. Redmond is played by Rupert Grant. Um, Adrian is played by Abby Quinn. And then you have... Um, where'd she go? Sabrina, played by Nikki Bird. Um, yeah. What... What was your whole concept of having these four almost being like you know, the ones who bring the deed, and if they don't deliver the deed, the world goes to to an end. Did you did you appreciate the four? Obviously, Batista stands out of all four of them. But you know, let's talk about some of the deaths. Um, the tsunamis happen when Redman dies. Um, when Adrian dies, the X nine virus comes out. Um, mm -hmm. so Sabrina runs off. Now, we don't know what happens to Sabrina in the movie, but she runs off and she escapes. Um, so, Sabrina, Ben, not Ben Aldridge, uh, Andrew's able to get a shot off and her offer her into her stomach. And she, she kind of, she, she dies, but Leonard still does like the ritual to actually finish her off. And I think oh, that's okay, okay. when the, the, the lightning and the fire starts to happen, starts to happen. Yep. Or no, then, no, no, no. Is or is it the planes? The planes fall out of the sky, and then when Leonard dies, the fire yeah. and the yep. lightning. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so the planes fall off. Um, I want to talk about you know you were I, this. I'm sure this is a, a, definitely a CGI scene, but the scene where uh, Redmond dies, and you get the Cannon Beach scene with the tidal waves coming. Yeah. Like to yeah. me, 
this almost felt like a more of a you know apocalypto thriller than it did a horror movie i almost felt like i was watching kind of a, a darker you know um the day after tomorrow yeah and i was going to bring that up because it was I think at the end of the day, I think he was trying to make a psychological thriller like he usually does of is it is it not who are you supposed to believe while, you know, Leonard turns on the TV every just explain, okay, here's the next thing. Here's the next thing. But Andrew's sitting there going like, no, that's a recording. Did you not see that? That virus, the numbers of that virus are not even as real as they're depicting or whatever. Um I have a hate-love relationship with it because while it shows, I felt like you could just like, just reduce it and just, they don't, they don't, don't show the outside world of what's going on. And we, we wait till the very end to see if it's true or not. And, but I feel like I'm rambling and I apologize at the same time. At the same time, I appreciated that they didn't win at the end of the movie when it is revealed everything that Leonard said is happening. They didn't cut to a whole worldwide shot of everything being on like destruction and death happening. I appreciated that. So they they still kept it limited, but they also expanded it, if that makes sense. So Yeah, of course. Do you feel like this movie needed to be longer to have more you know, descriptions of how, why these guys are actually here. Or to to me, I enjoyed the process of, I really did believe Leonard's character, but my, my whole guessing game was between the two fathers. Did you feel like it needed to be a little bit longer to, you know, prove Leonard's theory, maybe right or wrong? Like, where do they actually come from? No, because... I was I kind of wa- I kind of timed the movie a little bit and <clears throat> at the hour and ten minute mark, which I think is when when no I think it's a- Adrian's death or when they try to escape the second time. It was when, right uh, after when a- yeah right after Adrian's when, death when Adrian goes when um Andrew goes out to car goes out to the car to get the gun. Yep. I had the same feeling in the theater that I did this time. I was just like, okay, how much more of this is there? Like not pacing wise, but just like how much story is left. Because at this point you're just kind of, I feel like it was just kind of dragging its feet just to make the length longer. This movie is an hour and 40 minutes. What is it? Hour hour and 40 minutes. I think you could have done this an hour and 30 Just shave off 10 minutes. I think it would have been a little like, it would have been a little bit better. Besides the parent flashback scene, what else would you have cut out? Because I think every other scene is kind of pivotal. And that's the thing. I mean, I think... That that wasn't 10 minutes worth of film right there. Well, and I think you... Honestly, I think you could... Well, okay. So I think you could have cut out a little bit more of the flashbacks, just show how they got when, and then... You could cut out the scene of them driving up to the cabin. That, and you could have cut out the scene. I think you could have got rid of the whole... Rupert Grant bar attack scene of I was being targeted type thing because that that really doesn't well, have well, that goes that, that really goes. Does, I, I know. Go ahead and finish that. No, I was just saying. It just it really doesn't have it doesn't 
it plays into the idea of are they being are they really chosen by a greater power or are they just like I put in my notes, is this real or is this mental health? You know, that's yeah, the whole and, thing between this movie. And that goes all the way back to did M ninety to make it about two two dads. You know, because yeah. if if you don't make it about two dads, you do save yourself maybe ten or fifteen minutes. Um yeah. but you know, Leonard says that when they all come back in the cabin for the last time, he says you were chosen because of how pure your love was. He tells yeah. them why they were chosen. That's true. <clears throat> you know, so again, did it have to be the two dads thing? Because um, I know M. Night got a lot of wind when the movie first was released, you know, because why, why is he hating on them? Why is he putting them through so much hell? You know? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you do save yourself 10 minutes if you take away probably those two flashback scenes. Um, or even the whole three I mean, flashback scenes about the bar fight. But again, the bar fight could, you know, it could symbol that, you know, um, Andrew could just be a hothead. And maybe Andrew's uh, short-tempered self leads to somebody dying in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Because, but, I mean, without like he his mouth... But he's the first one that gets killed off, so that goes out straight out the window. Who? Oh, not Andrew. You're talking not about Andrew. Raymond. Redmond. Red, Redmond. <clears throat> Raymond, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, you know, if Andrew didn't mouth off at the bar, he probably wouldn't have got attacked uh, that night. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. And, and then he's mouthing off throughout the entire movie to where, you know, at, when I first was watching it, I was like, what if, what if Leonard does snap and just ends him? What if you know, what if Leonard killed Andrew and then would he have ruined this whole apocalypse thing and and then what would have happened then? Yeah, and something and something to add on to the disaster thing. When actually when everything is going down, Leonard's final moment, which I thought which I thought Batista was excellent in. I mean, he really, he really I kind of laughed when he said he wanted to be take himself seriously. He didn't want to do guardians and all this again. I was like, Dude, like, no, I don't know, but all right. He's, but he's so he, good he at can being do funny. It. Yeah, he's good at being funny, but he's really good at doing this. He's good, you know, even though he has like a smart, a, a smit role in Dune, he's good. He's excellent in that as well. So, I mean, it. What about I get like a five minute scene in Blade Runner? Yeah, with Ryan Gosling at the beginning. Yeah, he's very, he's good in that as well. So, I think. If he wants to do this and to have a serious career, I mean, yeah, I, I think this movie definitely proves that he's capable of doing that. Um, but what, what I was going to say was, when everything is going down after um, Leonard's death, and they tell when, when to go up into the um, the treehouse, which I really, really thought because they waited to the last minute, their consequence wasn't going to be. The world ending it was them gonna lose their daughter i really thought like a lightning strike was gonna hit the house and hit the yep. house and kill her yep i thought she was gonna die um, as well but while everything's going down you know like i said Shyamalan doesn't cut to another part of the world or doesn't like throw scenes in there of like fire and destruction it's just two characters having a very heartfelt very sad moment of them having to say goodbye to each other I thought that was really well done on Shyamalan's part. Um, speaking of Dave Batista, what would you like to see him in next? Or what if you could pick one director for him to work with next, 
who would you probably pick? It kind of sounds crazy, but it might actually kind of work just because of the two styles. Uh, Tarantino, I think he could do something really cool, really cool with Batista. Um, are you Chris done Nolan, with? Tra- I think he. Are you, are you done with seeing him in like a comic book movie? You know, there's talks about him wanting to work with James Gunn in like a Batman franchise or something. Do you think he needs to stay away from stuff like that? I I, pre, I I appreciate the loyalty he has to James Gunn. So if he wants to do that, that's just, I think that's just friends hanging out. I, I wouldn't blame him for doing that. James but if he Gunn said, his career. yeah. But if he said, I want to come back for Drax to play Drax in Avengers: Secret Wars, I say no, don't do that. No, you had you know I think that's put to bed with Guardian Volume Three and. Go work with big name directors. Go work with Spielberg, Scorsese. You know, I think I think you are capable of doing this now. So, what about you? After seeing something like this, I would not mind him working or doing something dark with like Jordan Peele. Oh yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I seeing think he could have really worked in Nope. Honestly, seeing him do something in this movie, it made me really feel like man, he's really good at being soft, quiet. Um, but yet he can snap in, in like the matter of anything. Um, he's a he's a big guy, and it proves that like in this movie when he's fighting for the gun in the bathroom, the bathroom scene, mm-hmm. like there's there's like nobody you know. that can. Yeah, you know he's gonna get the gun. Yeah, but it's just it's just his soft spokenness in this movie that made him just really really eerie. So I would like to yeah. see him do something like maybe more more horror like with with like Jordan Peele or. Uh, you know, even an A twenty four movie, I think he'd be good in something like It Comes at Night, something like that. Yeah, I, I really like the Jordan Peele idea. I need to send that to his uh, to his manager. Say, hey, listen, your next movie, you need to get Batista. Um, and then we'll get ready to wrap it up. What did you think of you know the ending? T- uh, Leonard slits his throat. He's the last one to go, and then the sky starts falling, the lightning, the fires. And then, like you said, you know, the two dads were prepared for what happened. He pretty much told him what he, he the epiphany he saw. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know what, they, they end the movie going to a diner, and then they get in the truck and they head off. What do you think of the ending? Yeah, and I think that's just, I think that was the disappointment factor in me in it, was that everything... The whole movie is based on the idea of, like I said, it's either it's either real and it's happening, or it's meant to, like mental health or situation, something like that. You know, every every Shyamalan, there's a big twist. This one, I don't think it needed. You it. could, but I think that's why people go see his movies is because they want to know like what the big what the big twist is. And for me. The twi- I guess the twist of the movie is it it was real. They get to the well, diner and they they show everything. <laughs> His last good movie was Split, and other than yeah. Bruce Willis showing up, you had no twist. You didn't need it no. because the movie and the no. performances were so good, and James McAvoy, McAvoy delivered. I think it's the same thing with this one. Uh, Knock at the cabin delivered. It didn't need a twist. Batista delivered the performances were real good it was short and sweet um and like i said i don't think you needed bruce willis at the end of split 
Um, and come to find out you didn't because Glass was so horrible. <laughs> well, and like his movies are so, I think that's why I'm always, always will always continue to see his movies. Cause I want to know what he's able to still do because like, the only other Shyamalan movie we talked about is Signs, and I, all of us love that movie. And it's the same thing. Great, at, it's atmospheric as hell. Great performances. The big twist of the water kills the aliens. You, it's. I think it's an added bonus. You don't really think about that. You just want these this family to survive. Split is the same way. You, James McAvoy does such a good job as his character that by the end of it. You know, when Bruce Willis pops up, you're just like, wait, that's what this is? I like it better as just this crazy guy, as this mental yeah. health person that's kidnapped these people. But his other movies, like Old from a couple years ago. Okay, so, I think... so let's, let's, let's take a look at this. What if, what if the ending of this movie was, you know, they were driving towards, they left the diner, they were driving towards a beach, and then you look in the mirror of the truck, and the little Asian girl is in her 20s already. Because he he tied it in with old. <laughs> what would you have done? What would you have done? Uh, I I would not been on this episode because I would not be rewatching this movie. <laughs> but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, old and the visit and uh, lady in the water or the village. I think those have to have twists because those are just not as strong as something like knock at the cabin or signs or splits. So. And I get a lot of black for liking this movie, but you know, one of the movies I like that he did is The Happening. Oh, yeah. And I don't like, I don't know why, but I, I saw that movie when it first came out in theaters and I just thought it was a, a really unique, different concept. You know, maybe it's because I'm a Mark, Mark Wahlberg fan, but I thought the, I thought the concept was, was telling. I thought it was a pretty good idea, you know, and of course in real life, plants and trees can release toxins. But yeah. I don't know. Nobody so, likes you know that, that movie. You know that tree. You know you got hurt by that tree, so it's 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 got its revenge. That's why. Yeah. So. There, see, there you go. I knew M Night Shyamalan was the director of my life. So. But um, um, what about? But, any... like like I said, the twist thing. That I think that's just my own personal. You know, that's what I expect to go in to one of his movies. So, favorite scene wise. Would you go see? And you and so you so you did before you do favorite scenes. It doesn't matter really what he'll put out or what kind of reviews he gets. You'll go see his movies opening weekend or second weekend. Yeah, I think we're yeah, I think the happening lady in the water after Earth, the last Airbender. I think, I think maybe because he's his kids are grown up, he's able to go back to what he's he's really good at, like. The visit's not a great one, but it's still it's back to that Shyamalan horror thriller thing, and he's continued that all the way through here. Even something like Old, which is more of a science fiction thriller, you know, he needs to do something like you remember Devil, where they're stuck in the elevator. He produced oh, that yeah. one. I think he needs to do something just a flat out horror movie like that. I think he could be very, very. He, I think he could be very good at that. We could just call it uh, Escalators. Escalators. <laughs> Years. right so uh, <laughs> but yeah but yeah i you know i i feel like you're in the same boat you're kind of curious about what he's capable of doing still i looked at he's 53 i can't even believe he's in his 50s that's hard to believe 
be so um favorite scene i'd probably say the introduction of leonard when he's talking to Lynn about the grasshoppers um i thought that scene was so well done shot beautifully two good performances even from the little girl hey zach um, so go ahead go ahead and name off a few of your favorite scenes and then if you will for me uh talk to the listeners real quick about rodeo cinema after your favorite scenes okay so yeah it was when uh, when leonard gets introduced to win or when gets introduced to leonard i thought was really well done uh really good cinematography and that same great sound of sound design um and honestly, each time when the, one of the characters died, whether it be Leonard, Sabrina, Adrian, or Redmond, I thought the intensity and the atmospheric atmospheric tone of the film really, really worked. So in that regard, I get that's the stronger that's some of the stronger points. I, I probably should have mentioned at the at the tail at the tail end of this. Um so yeah, those are my, some of my favorite scenes. And, you know, like I said, like Johnny said, I wanted to, let me talk about Rodeo Cinema f- for a second. He's, they've been a good, good supporter of the show for quite some time now. They're located at 2221 Exchange Avenue, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. They are a non-for-profit, <clears throat> excuse me, non-pro- non-profit rodeo, uh, cinema movie, movie theater in the stockyards of Oklahoma. They show all kinds of stuff, whether it be brand new releases, A24, independent. They do throwbacks um, just to kind of read off some of the stuff that they're going to be doing. Uh, Rush Hour 72 award show um, to which we belong. It's a o- OACD presents. Um, so some a lot of independent stuff. They're showing some OTA movie club, the 35th anniversary of OTA's movie club, which is really cool. Um, <clears throat> program that PBS has. If you, they always show old movies and stuff like that. So, I think that's uh really really cool. So yeah, go check them out. Tell them that the Cinnamon Movie pa- Podcast sent you, and you know, support a local Oklahoma business. Um, if you, especially if you know, like you like to go to the movies. So, um, you know, and the interesting thing about Shyamalan is. It's it. It'll be inter- interesting to see how much more he has left in him, because um, I still think he's able to make these movies under a certain amount of budget, and they still bring in money. So I think, I think his name is still prevalent in the movie going business, in the movie going fan, in the movie going business, and the fan movie fans. So I would have to say, you know, like Johnny said, I I, I totally agree that, you know. Anytime he has a movie out, I'm I'm definitely gonna go see it. So, just bear, just bear with us, folks. Okay, so just kind of, kind of, um, 
give you a kind of a, a good idea of what is going on at Radio Cinema. They're showing the new Helen Mirren Golda. All looks like throughout the from now to the end of August, they're showing King on screen, which is I think they're showing all kinds of King and uh, Stephen King adaptations. Um, Lakota Nation versus the United States. Um, Shortcomings, which is a new independent film I've heard great things about. Uh, theater Camp, which I've heard good things about, and those, and the Unknown Country, which which is a special Q and A screening. So, yeah, they Radio Cinema does put out good quality films and documentaries, depending on what you know what you're in the mood for. So, check their schedule, check them out on RadioCinema.com, and um, uh, tell them that the Cinema Movie Podcast sent you. some favorite scenes there zach yep so go right ahead there was a few seconds of silence but i got us through it a little bit i, I feel like i was rambling um, but no you're good what about you um if i had to pick a favorite scene or two you know what um it's cliche but everything batista was in was one of those moments where you had to stop what you're doing and pay attention to the screen um and then if i had to pick just one one solid scene it would be uh the bathroom scene is a good one and then I do enjoy the Cannon Beach scene of the big tidal wave just coming over. So, yeah. Uh, let's dig into star rating. I'll go first because um, you probably got cotton mouth. You've been talking for a while. Appreciate you. Um, I'm going to give this movie a seven. You know what? Even though you say it drags for about maybe like 10 minutes, uh, I think this is a perfectly paced M. Night movie. Uh, an hour and 40, it goes by fast for me. You're in, you're out, you get character development, you get a good story, you get phenomenal scenes, um, and you get a very perfect uh, run-of-the-mill horror movie vibes. You get you get some kills, you get some, uh, you know, just some horror uh, uh, music with the, uh, the score. We didn't talk about the score. I thought the score is mm -hmm. kind of perfect. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about story. How to tell a good story and the payoff, and I think this movie does it does it very very well. So I'm going to give this movie a seven. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to give it a seven as well. Um, I do think this is top Shyamalan movies with signs and split. This is probably my third favorite one, honestly. Um, I still think he has a lot left in him. Well, I talked about this while you were out. I was like, I don't know how much more he has left you know, just ideas wise. Cause he's able, he's still able to make these movies under just a, like very cheaply budget. And so, you know, you're able to get good profits back from it, especially with how low 
And I think Universal, I think Universal has done like the last four movies he's done. So I think they have a good relationship. And I think he's if he's able, if he, I think if he still has good ideas, you know, he could still be with us for a while. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I agree. And you know what? I wouldn't be opposed uh, of him doing, you know, more darker movies in the future. You talked about it earlier. I think he, um, I don't know if he's chasing an Oscar. I don't think he thinks, I don't think he gives two craps about that anymore. Um, I think he's very, very capable of giving us something that's, uh, you know, award worthy. But I think at the end of the day, it's right now for him at the stage of his career, it's about him being, um, having fun with what he's doing and putting out a good movie that can still gross 55, 60 million dollars, you know. And I think as long as he's happy doing that, I think we're going to end up getting some more solid movies from him in the future. Yeah, I mean, he he made Split with nine million dollars, and that grossed yeah. almost 300 million dollars at the box office. Yeah, knock so, at the so cabin. He, he's money. Yeah, knock at the cabin made he. This was 20 million, and it made. 55 million worldwide so he's able to get the budget back so i like i said I, I, like i said i think his name still has recognition and people are still interested in it um as long as he does the good ideas and he doesn't really focus so much on the twist you know that he's known for then i don't know maybe he could have another a third chapter of his career we'll, we'll just have to see um up next though next week uh killian murphy is 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 on a hot streak right now with Oppenheimer. It's what everybody's talking about. Um, but next week we talk about a movie that kind of kickstarted his career. And next week, uh, ladies and gents, we talk about 28 days later, next Wednesday, August 23rd, 28 days later from 2002. Uh, Zach, in a few short words, are you excited for 28 days later? I'm excited about the conversation. I'm excited about um, just getting your guys' opinion about just does this did this kind of just revamp the zombie uh, genre and how I'm going to make some comparisons and I'm interested to see what you guys think about how this movie came out 2002, I think, 2003? Yep, 02. No, 2000, 2002. 21 years later, um, how does it still impact the horror genre and zombies? So, well, it'll be I, a fun I, th I think because of what happened two years ago, I think it has revamped everything. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, but 28 days later next week um, is what we're talking about. Uh, so go check it out, go rent it, go find it at the library, stream it wherever you think you can stream it. And we'll talk about 28 days later next Wednesday, uh, right here on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Zach, we're putting the final nail in the coffin on Knock at the Cabin. Uh, anything else until next week? We're good, man. We're off, off and running to the races. You know, it's hard to believe we're we're halfway through August, and that just baffles my brain. Yeah. Cooler so. weather and cooler shows coming up. Next week, don't forget, 28 Days Later, new episode right here on the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Bye.